I'm Chris Biddle. Welcome to episode 26 of Inside AgriTurf. Yes, and thank you for joining me. Now, 10 years ago, 2011, I wrote an article for Landwords, the professional journal of the Institution of Agricultural Engineers, IAGRI. It was called The Making of an Agricultural Engineer. It profiled three people from across the age groups at very different stages of their careers. Recounting his experiences was John Fox, who was responsible for designing and building cultivation and hedge-cutting machinery for British manufacturer Bomford and Evershed for over 50 years. At the other end of the age scale was Rob Fillingham, a student at Harper Adams University, who was a recipient of the International Class Scholarship that year. Now today, 10 years on, Dr Rob Finningham is Technical Manager for Tractors at Class UK. The third representative featured of our industry was Graham Thompson. Now Graham studied Agriculture and Agricultural Engineering at Sparsholt and Lackham Colleges. He then got a job as a service technician working for Roger Hunt, a John Deere dealer in Hampshire. He subsequently joined Deere, worked in the UK and Germany before taking up a post in the US, where he moved up the ranks, becoming the director responsible for tractor portfolio development and strategic growth planning for Deere & Company. So who better? to reflect on opportunities open to those who decide on a career in agricultural engineering. Today he joins me from his home near the iconic John Deere tractor plant at Waterloo in Iowa. So Graham, it's it's great to catch up. And, and going back to your early days, was there a family connection with farming? So there, there was not, but uh, Chris, uh, thanks for the opportunity to talk with you. Um, I really appreciate this. So uh, no, uh, we did not have a, I did not have a family association with farming, but uh, we did have some very good uh, close friends of ours that um, we knew well, and he was a dairy farmer. I enjoyed spending time with him at the weekends uh, on the farm. I would often help him get the cows in ready for milking. And um, that was one of the points I'd say that really inspired me as, as a kid towards agriculture. And they, he was just a great friend and mentor to me as well over the years. Oh, that's great. And, and did this sort of prompt your early fascination with tractors? Uh, it, it certainly prompted my fascination with, with farming, with agriculture. And yeah. uh, though he did have, he was one of the early owners of a deer tractor he had a uh, a 2020 uh, tractor at the time that one also piqued some interest but uh, i did not uh, really become uh, too fascinated with tractors until i started to uh, work on the farm and had the opportunity to drive my first tractor uh, back in the 70s it was a ford 3000 and um, that was, uh, again, one of those days that stands out in, in your, your memory, as it were. Sure. Um, so after you left school, um, I believe you, you went on to, um, to Sparsholt. Was there uh, encouragement given to you at school that you should take that career? Was there any advice given to you or was it just a sort of natural move on your behalf? I would say it was a natural move, but the the encouragement was certainly there from school for those that showed an interest in, in agriculture. I wanted to farm 
I, I was uh, probably naive at the time to understand that farming myself would be out of my reach, but uh, I certainly wanted to learn to farm. So I took the uh, apprenticeship there. So I had uh, a job on a local farm, a small 80 acre beef, sheep and, and corn farm. And uh, I would spend four days, uh, four or five days a week on the farm and then one day at, um, at, at Sparshot there. And and presumably this all the time was sort of solidifying your uh, interest in in the career because I think from there you you went to Lackham, didn't you? Yeah, so it certainly solidified my interest. And um, as I got more into uh, the, the farming side, um, I the interest in farm mechanization uh, peaked. Uh, I bought my first tractor while I was working on the farm and uh, pulled that machine uh, apart. I tried to get that machine up and running uh, with some errors, some mistakes, but it was uh, (laughs) tremendous learning. But uh, uh, tractors started to really fascinate me. And um, some of those early successes with getting machines up and running were um, were instilled some uh, uh, interest in me. And uh, it also spurred me on to do more with mechanization. And uh, I also knew that it's time to get back to college. I needed some more qualifications. And if I were to pursue any path in agricultural mechanization, I would need to uh, get back to college. So so Lackham is where I went and spent three years there. And that was also uh, one of the biggest and and, and, uh, uh, decisions that I took um, that helped me tremendously. And um, when you came then out into the big wide world and had to earn some money and, and so on, uh, was there any doubt that you would look around for uh, a job within the agricultural engineering business, within the tractor business? Um, wh- where did you end up then? Yeah, so no doubt. That's what I wanted to pursue. And um, I also was wanted to join any dealership or, or any part of the business that uh, was associated with John Deere. I held their product in esteem. Uh, it had the reputation for quality and performance. And um, that's where I was uh, looking. And uh, I actually wrote to every John Deere dealership in the south of England to ask if they would have a position for me, a job for me as a mechanic. And I was fortunate that uh, Roger Hunt responded and Roger offered me, uh, um, he offered me a, a, um, a summer job between my second and third year at college. Mm-hmm. And, and I took that. And, and fortunately, Roger said at the end of that uh, period of time that uh, if I wanted to join his company after my third year of college, I could come back. And that's exactly what I did. And, and of course, Roger himself was um, fairly typical of this industry. He was a self-starter. He was one of these that uh, used to repair tractors and combines from his bungalow and uh, and really started off quite modestly. And he, he probably, what, he'd been in business maybe eight, ten years by the time that you arrived at, uh, at his business? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact time, Chris, but a, a tremendous person, a wonderful man, uh, very uh, good sense of the business, and and he was one of those people, those those mentors that uh, you don't realize how much they have mentored you. <laughs> no, just by the way they worked. Uh, but he understood farmers. He understood the business, of course. But uh, he was one of those that really instilled on me that it's the customer first, it's the farmer first, and that's who we work for. 
Indeed. And during you, you had, I, I believe, about three years there as a service technician. Mm-hmm. And presumably you, you came across a lot of challenges, uh, things that maybe not have been covered in a course. So it was very much a, a question of using your uh, initiative and so on, was it? Yeah, and it is. And, and those that are in the trade uh, well understand this. Um, you you have to think on your feet in many cases. Um, mm-hmm. The product that you're, you're working with um, out on the farm, if there's uh, issues with it, it needs to be repaired, it needs to be fixed and up and running. Um, you're between the, the farmer and the product and and him, get, him or her getting their work done. Um, they depend on it. Yes. So um, it was a good experience to not only learn about the machines, get a deep knowledge of the product and, and uh, how to work with the product, but also with, with the customers and how you do everything you can to get them back up and running again. It was a, a great learning experience. For so uh, you, you spent a few years then, um, and then you got an opportunity to join Deer itself. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, that came about... Um, I would say probably uh, from a conversation as well, and and this is one of the um, areas, Chris, that I would highlight for those you know uh, um, looking to join uh, the trade, as it were. I mentioned to the territory manager that used to come to our dealership uh, every month or so that uh, if there was ever a chance to uh, join the the company itself, I would be interested. And um, I've often done that over the years. I've looked one step ahead and talked with those people that I think can help or uh, have influence and, and that I can confide in. And it wasn't too long after or some months after that, that uh, an opening came up for a position of area service manager. And I was able to uh, take that opportunity and join the UK sales branch. And um, how did you find the transition for from working for a dealer uh, out in the field to uh, having a much more uh, rounded role in, in service generally visiting of obviously a whole load of dealers this time? Yeah, it was a, a big shift. And uh, it was uh, just as working for the dealer, I was learning to you know work more with people, with farmers, with operators. Um, and this was more of a shift in that direction where you were spending a great deal of your time working with people. Yes, you had to be there to support the product that we, we uh, provided and worked with for the dealers. But uh, um, working again with with farmers, um, those that have placed their faith in our machines and and their livelihoods upon it. So um, it was a, a big shift in that arena. Managing uh, twenty three dealers at the time from a customer support service uh, perspective, it was uh, quite a shift and and a great learning experience for me. And um, how long did you stay in that role? And um, f- from whence did you go then? Yeah, so uh, I was in that position for three years. And uh, like the example I gave with talking to the uh, territory manager on the next step that uh, I'd be interested in or the next experience that I'd be interested in, I did mention to Peter Leach at the time that um, if there was ever an opportunity to work at the John Deere Tractor Factory in Mannheim, I would be interested. And... um, wasn't too long after that an opportunity did come up so be careful what you ask for is one <laughs> of the other pieces of advice here 
And um, that was an opportunity to take the position as a field service engineer for the tractors that we produced in Mannheim, um, supporting the UK uh, branch. Uh, and you spent several years there then? Yes, I did. I was there uh, um, nine years before moving on to the uh, USA. And uh, did, was it ever, was that always in your sights then, Graham, uh, sort of moving on? Obviously, the end of the rainbow, as far as John Deere is concerned, is is uh, is the US and, and, and perhaps Waterloo. Um, how did the opportunity to move from Germany um, to the US come about? That came also from a conversation where um, I had confided uh, in uh, um, one of our leaders that was moving to the U.S. at the time that uh, I'd also be interested in any opportunities there if they were to come available. I was never precise in any of these conversations, and I, I never had that long-term view for my career path, um, but I did often share what I would be interested in doing in the next, uh, if the next opportunities could come available. And it did. And, uh, and this was a similar story. And, and not too long um, after that, I, I received a call to ask if I would like to join a team in Waterloo that were being set up to develop um, a new uh, transmission for our tractors. And uh, I jumped at the opportunity and uh, moved the uh, family over with me there to the so, United so States. So you, you were married then and had a family. Uh, were, were the family happy to move to the US? They were. They, they were happy to make the move. And um, we've never looked back. Excellent. Um, and uh, presumably the Waterloo uh, tractor plant, I, I, I had the pleasure of going there. It's stuck out in the middle, middle of nowhere in, a, in some respects, um, and which is very apt, of course. But this is uh, often seen as uh, obviously Moline is, is one of the, the spiritual homes. But for, as far as tractors are concerned, uh, tractors and Waterloo and John Deere go together like a like coach and horses or whatever it is, wouldn't you say? Yes, they do. It, it, it is uh, very much the home. Uh, it's it's where um, you know Deering Company purchased the first tractor factory, uh, the, the Waterloo Gasoline Engine Company here in town. Um, so it's it has a tremendous uh, history here. Yeah, uh, and and after you'd moved from Europe to the US, uh, were there any noticeable sort of business practices that were different uh, on the other side of the pond? It's difficult to say because, uh, you know, I, I've often reflected on that, the differences between cultures, the differences between practices, but it's it's difficult to pinpoint that when so much of the company follows similar uh, approaches, similar processes. And also my jobs tended to change dramatically with each move or the responsibilities change so dramatically that it's difficult to really assess uh, how much that was due to the cultural change versus just the position change. And about this sort of time, I, I understand that you, you, you took a degree in business management. Was that something that was encouraged by Deer or did you do that off your own back? No, I, I took that on board. Uh, it was clear to me that, uh, you know, I did not have the... Um, qualifications or even the education for some aspects of corporate business and I needed to uh, catch up and uh, so I, I took this on my own shoulders and it was uh, again a, a great learning experience for me helped me tremendously yeah so your 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 subsequent uh, career then uh, Graham uh, 
uh, as I understand it, sort of has gone from being in the U.S. a field field service engineer at Mannheim to your last position, which is director of tractor portfolio development and strategic growth planning. One of those wonderful John Deere uh, positions, which I guess is what it says on the tin to a certain extent. But would you, would you ever have thought that you would have risen to those heights when you were mending tractors in Hampshire? No, it was not in my sights. It was not my plan. It, it's just been a a tremendous journey, a wonderful series of opportunities. And um, yeah, it's it's easy to try and take some credit for that. But uh, I, I would also say that it's, it's a credit to the company that are able and looking to pull people forward and, and, and that don't necessarily have the uh, background and experience for all of those opportunities in corporate business. So uh, it's been a great uh, experience for me. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And I, I understand sort of bring us up to date. I mean, obviously you'd had a, a 30 odd years with John Deere that, that you've actually just taken early retirement from the company. Yes, I have. After 35 years, uh, I had the opportunity and um, I, I'm, I'm, I've taken that and uh, I'm already sensing that it was a good thing to do. Um, uh, I've got two boys that are uh, at college and can spend more time with them and uh, now start to pursue my own farming uh, aspirations here in Iowa uh, with the uh, small piece of land that we've got here and to do that while I'm still relatively young as it were. Okay, what's not to like about that then? And and, and presumably whilst you with were with John Deere and in a sort of planning role, um, you would have had a lot of a chance to travel and 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 expand your knowledge and awareness of the infinite variety of farming practices globally that that must have taught you an awful lot it was it was it, it has been a great experience so i've had the opportunity to travel to um over 60 countries across the globe and and uh, some uh, experiences there have have been um uh, life-changing you know, we often think of those markets for our products that we have today that are very clear, such as the European market, the North American market. Brazil is a big market, of course, and, and uh, the CIS. But I've had opportunities to spend time in Africa, uh, many countries in Southeast Asia as well, uh, India, of course, uh, quite often, and um, all very good learning, very good experiences. Uh, and puts things into perspective in, in on many occasions. Absolutely, absolutely, and and the, I, I would say the fundamentals of what I learned all those years ago, uh, those six years on the farm in total, um, have been so foundational to me. Uh, a farmer is a farmer wherever you go across <laughs> yes. the globe, and their needs are the same. And I I get those needs, or I feel I have a good grasp of those needs, and and uh, so there was never a day wasted on the farm. Uh, Graham, if, when you look back on the 30-odd years you, you've had with, with Deer, what, what, has there been a real standout moment that um, always either sends shivers down your spine or, or uh, it really does uh, – it's totally memorable? Yeah, there is. And, and there's, uh, there's a few – there's a plaque here hanging on my wall uh, right in front of me that reminds me of this. We had a uh, big occasion in 2006. We had a major product launch in, and we held this in, in Warsaw in Poland. 
And uh, I was part of that event. Uh, I was responsible for introducing the uh, 7000 series tractor at the time there, uh, the updates to that product. And of course, all of our dealers from uh, uh, across Europe will come into this event. And I remember our, it, it was also the 50th anniversary of John Deere's presence in the European market. And our president at the time, he, he had suggested that it would be good to commemorate this with a Lance Bulldog being present at the introduction. And uh, he asked if we could get one and could we have that Lance Bulldog um, actually driving into the parade, as it were, of new products um, each night of the introduction. Well, I happened to have a 1956 <laughs> Lance Bulldog. He insisted it was a 1956 uh, um, model, and I had one. It wasn't restored at the time, so I frantically worked on that to get that one up and running and, and professionally painted. And it was a very proud moment to not only be part of that introduction, but to have my uh, Lance Bulldog driving into the uh, exhibition center every night uh, before the uh, at, at the opening event, uh, before the Deer products drove in behind it. And I believe this is um, also, as many tractor people are, have got an interest in, in vintage tractors. And you've got a number, have you? Yeah, I do. I have two Lance tractors here that I bought over from Germany with me. Um, I have uh, three two-cylinder tractors as well and uh, spend uh, quite a bit of time on those and uh, brings a lot of enjoyment. And, and so from uh, with an interest in in vintage uh, tractors does it do, does it give you an understanding of the challenges faced and the solutions found uh, by the engineers of of yesterday uh, and their relevance to the products today it, it does and i i, I enjoy um uh, allowing people here in the united states to see the lands bulldogs uh, i take them to shows sometimes and in fact the 1956 model is in the john deere tractor and engine museum here in waterloo right now and uh, piques uh, a lot of people's interest um but you know the way the two tractors are designed the lands from germany and the two-cylinder john deere tractors from the usa um, so different in so many respects and you can see how they were designed to the applications to the customer needs at the time very differently with the lands being more of a high-speed tractor the fenders fully covered uh, automotive kind of seating position and steering wheel because of the transport work on farms in europe versus the tractors here designed for working in row crop work so it, it's a fascinating uh, development to uh, to see how they develop the products based on the market needs. Uh, and without getting too John Deere centric, um, if you look at tractor development over the over the years, I, I suppose many people would say Harry Ferguson and three point linkage would have been a seminal moment. But what, what do you think has been the, the most important development? I would say of, of the the past um, years, um, I think one of the very key developments is, is one that we you can't really see and, and, and that is the the amount of um, sensors and software that is now being uh, used on our products that brings tremendous advancements in in the automation of functions the integration of tractors and, and implements and and tractors as part of a whole farming system solution so it, it is taking us to new levels of 
productivity of, of, of um, automating of tasks and and the and the ability to gather data that uh, is is going to take us leaps and bounds as we continue forward and, and graham i understand that um, having left uh, john deere now uh, and you might have set this up beforehand that you are now studying for a um, a master's in agricultural education at um, Iowa University. Uh, what's the rationale behind that? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, as soon as I uh, knew that I would uh, um, take the early retirement, uh, I also knew that I had to immerse myself in, in uh, uh, something um, straight away. And uh, I decided to go back to college. And uh, so I'm doing this virtually and taking my master's in agriculture education. Uh, I don't yet know where that will lead me, but it's just great to be back learning and uh, doing that while uh, doing some part-time farming here at home as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And how long does this uh, course take? It may take years. It may take a number of years because I can do it at my own pace. Yeah. So I can accelerate it over the winter months and slow it down over the summer months. Uh, so, Graham, what, what do you think for, from your experience? What are the what are the qualities needed to succeed um, in the agricultural engineering industry? Are, are they this the same as they were when you went to Lackham and into? Roger Hunts, uh, are we? Do we need the same kind of qualities, or are there? Yeah, so I, I would respond to that with a, a yes and, and 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 no answer. It's it's the the yes. We need the same qualities of people from uh, you know the work ethics, the the the, the going the extra mile, the teamwork that's needed. It's a great industry that we're all involved in. It's a it, it's just a wonderful industry to be part of. And we need people that embrace that with all of those qualities as they have done over the many decades uh, before. I think what's uh, different and what's what's changing and evolving is, is, is clearly the product. It goes back to my earlier comment. I, I think uh, the industry is going to need people that are more skilled in in the software, in the electronic side of the of the business, and the mechanical side remains fundamental. But uh, many of the mechanical uh, parts and systems of our machines today are controlled through software. Um, so I think that's a key involvement that um, uh, we need to continue to drive, uh, particularly uh, as we recruit new people for the industry. And I think there's very little argument with the fact that those people who are already in the industry have a great deal of enthusiasm uh, for it. Uh, but how do we best sell agricultural engineering to to outsiders? Yeah, this is this is key. And, and I would I would tie agriculture engineering very much then, of course, to the, the business of agriculture. And, and if, if we think back, some of the most significant global challenges and, and global issues that we are confronted with, uh, if we talk about food security, uh, food quality, uh, water quality, um, carbon sequestration, um, climate change, many of those macro subjects are connected with the opportunities that agriculture holds to to make uh, uh, changes, even significant changes in, in those arenas. So agriculture is so important for all of us. And that connection uh, needs to be constantly made as, as we move forward. And, and of course, then 
agriculture needs agriculture engineering. So the opportunities to be part of this moving forward, I think are really exciting. The whole areas of sustainability, very much connected to what we can do to improve sustainability within agriculture as well. So um, I think that's a vital link to communicating the, the, uh, the opportunities and the uh, criticality of the agriculture engineering business. So, Graham, your advice to anybody planning their career? I mean, it could be said that uh, you have been in the right place at the right time, but I think that would undermine uh, your 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 achievements in in getting to where you did at director level at, at John Deere. Uh, presumably, there is some element to being in the right place at the right time, but but at the same time, for anybody planning a career, how far ahead do you think they need to look? And are any lessons that you've learned from your experiences? Yeah, so so I think um, one of the things that really helped me uh, was to get the experience, I would say, uh, feet on the ground experience with not only on the farm, but in the workshop that set me up, I would say, with a mindset that has helped me through these 35 years uh, with my career. Not everyone will do that, of course. Some will go straight into college and from college go straight into corporate business in ag uh, in ag corporate business or engineering corporate business. It depends where you come from, but um, networking is key. Mm-hmm. And I would say also always having those one to two leaders that um, you can confide in um, and that you can share your ambitions with them. That helped me tremendously uh, as I was able to uh, gain more and more experience uh, uh, through the years with the company. Talking about those and mentors and that sort of thing, what, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given and, and, and by who? Yeah, um, Peter Leach was uh, a great mentor to me. Um, He took me on at the UK branch and we had many conversations over the years and we're still in touch. I remember once uh, Peter told me, uh, I was doing the pros and cons of uh, a move. Uh, It was actually the move to Germany from the UK branch. And and, uh, I'd sat down and I'd listed my pros of this move and my cons. Should I take this move? And um, Peter told me that, you know, you, you, you can't do this uh, um, because you don't understand all the pros of this move that might be coming towards you. That was great advice. Yeah. And, you know, I had listed in the, uh, uh, the cons column that moving to Germany, I can't speak the language. What I hadn't done and thought through is I should have listed in the, the, the pro column or the advantage column that I could learn a new language. Yeah, and and his advice was tremendous, and uh, I took the move to Germany, and the advantages or the pros that came out of that decision were far greater than I could have ever imagined. Great, great, and and you've mentioned along the way during our conversation uh, a number of mentors, starting uh, perhaps with uh, Roger Hunt and uh, mm-hmm. maybe people at at Lackham as well. Uh, uh, presumably, in a way, there are too many to mention, but are there many that stand out? Yeah, there's a few. And and back to the the farmer that uh, we knew well as a family friend, uh, Mr. Piper, he was a a mentor to me from the the farming side. Um, Also, uh, one of the teachers at Lackham, Terry Duggleby, who Mm -hmm. brought mathematics and physics to life, uh, applying everything to, to tractors and machines when we were learning 
moments and, and levers in, in, in math. Um, it was always based on a tractor with a plow on the back and, 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 and so forth. He was great, a great mentor in education. And then I'd say with the, the company, John Deere, Dr. Haas, who was the uh, senior vice president of the tractor platform. I've known him all of my 35 years at John Deere. Uh, I worked directly for him for the last 11 years. Uh, mm-hmm. He also has just recently retired. Those have been great mentors to me. And I will also add, and most importantly, my wife, who has uh, <laughs> mentored course. and supported me greatly over these years. Oh, that that's fantastic. Yes, yes. It, uh, quite often in these cases, a sort of strong, strong family unit behind you can, it, it, it's, it's terrific. So if you reflect back on your career, um, are there any sort of particular lessons that you you feel that you can impart to others uh, as they uh, as they make their way up the the ladder of the industry? Yeah, so so one or two here. One is uh, networking is important, right? To to make those connections and and uh, secondly, place a very high emphasis on developing people. Uh, when you get into a position where you are then leading people, and that was one of the additional biggest shifts for me in responsibility, it's now no longer Graham. It's Graham's people. Yes. And how do you develop those people? How do you ensure that their talents are being uh, 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 developed and, and moving forward? They're becoming more fulfilled in what they're doing. Um, make sure you develop people and place an emphasis on those people. When you leave a company after 35 years, actually, your biggest reflections are, uh, what did you do for the people you worked at the, that worked for you? And, and, and I feel good about that. And I, I'd certainly give that advice to anyone. Yeah, that's good. And uh, uh, slightly my apologies. If I go back to mentors, uh, you mentioned your wife. I ought to name check your wife. Andrea. Andrea. Well, yeah. uh, send her our best wishes as well. Um, we will do. And is there any one particular motto that you've got hung over over your desk or behind the loo door <laughs> or anything? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I do this one that I, I cannot remember where I first heard this expression, uh, but it's it it, uh, it it works well. And 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 the the expression was uh, dirty shoes, clear mind. If you don't get your shoes dirty, you'll never be able to clear your mind on what's really going on. And I've used that often with my team, and they they used to repeat it back and forth and spread that same motto. But you know, we'd often be dealing with questions and and requests for products in the market. Um, and, you know, it may be an, an example. Brazil may be looking for more horsepower to pull bigger trailers in the sugarcane industry. Well, you, you can rationalize their request uh, sitting behind a desk or you can get on a plane, get out in the field, get your shoes dirty, understand what's really going on with that farmer's business and it clears your mind uh, immediately. So uh, I use that often, and I encourage people, get out, understand what the farmer is dealing with, what his needs, his or her needs are, and and that clears your mind uh, straight away. Well, Graham, thank you so much for joining me today and reflecting on your your career, which has seen you 
really rise from a from a service technician, which is a responsible position uh, as it is, uh, to a director role at uh, John Deere. And um, if I might, I've slightly, uh, we are recording this in the middle of February, um, a slightly belated birthday wishes to you uh, early in February. And I believe you share your birthday with with someone else. That, that's right. And and yeah, I have the same birthday as John Diaz, so it's the same day and not quite the same year. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. Seventh Who would have February. thought? So it was written in the stars. <laughs> uh, yes. Graham, I really do appreciate you uh, giving up your time. Uh, I found it absolutely fascinating. So, Marta, I, I wish you every success in uh, in the years ahead to you and your family in, in Iowa and with your course. Uh, and thank you again. Chris, thank you, and great talking with you. Thank you very much. Wow, what a tale of career advancement, which would surely be worthy of a whole chapter in a textbook on CPD, Continual Professional Development. Now, this podcast was always going to be about people rather than product, and that was a constant theme coming through during my conversation with Graham. I am extremely grateful for him giving up his time to confirm, if confirmation be needed, of the tremendous opportunities available to those who choose agricultural engineering as a career. It has gone full circle for Graham, who studied agriculture at Sparshalk College in Hampshire, and who will now surely use some of the principles learned as he returns to the soil, looking after his small holding in Iowa. I'm Chris Biddle, thank you for joining me, and this is Inside AgriTurf.